Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the US Sports Podcast with me, Max Whittle. This is episode 44 and I forgot to have an anniversary for myself because I started this pod October 2016. So just over a year now, 44 episodes in just over 52 weeks. Not bad at all. About time we talked NBA on this show. I've got Dennis Sight coming up in a second. You can follow me at Max underscore Whittle on Twitter if you've got any questions or comments for the show. And please do head to iTunes, subscribe and review, rate the podcast on there. But for now, let's get right to Dennis Sight. Good to have Dennis Syatt back on the podcast. We are over two weeks into the NBA season now and we haven't actually had a single conversation about the NBA apart from over WhatsApp. So good to have you on. Hi, Max. Yeah, it's been too long, man. And so many things have happened already in this uh, young season. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot lot to talk about. So we just talked um, before we came on what games we'd watched and Bucks-Cavs came up. That's a classic matchup, LeBron-Giannis. But the one we both said we'd watched uh, parts or all of Oklahoma at Sacramento. Um, tell me tell me your thoughts. You didn't get past halftime. No, what a stinker, man. Wow. That was a lousy game, right? Especially the first first quarter was a slugfest. It was really hard to to um, to stay stay awake actually. Um, Sacramento was so bad in the first what was it seven eight minutes? Yeah, they Didn't couldn't score, score a basket. A, they couldn't score a basket. Couldn't make a basket at all. And then you had OKC that had the chances to yeah to get a twenty twenty five point point lead, but they they sucked too. So yeah, two bad teams playing against each other. So I watched that game just because I wanted to see how Oklahoma's offensive experiment was going because. Mm-hmm. You've heard a lot about their defense, double team really well. They lead the te- they lead the league in steals and turnovers forced. They're very long, but the reason they have all these leads is because of the D and it's it doesn't sound quite right because you've added three all-stars to that team. But obviously we know that those three guys used to being the man on their separate teams and if you go back to Miami when they started their big three era, I think they went 10 and 8 in their first 18 games. So it takes time, um but I was watching that game thinking exactly what I've always thought. Melo still sucks the life out of his teammates. When he gets the ball, a lot of the time it's one dribble pull-up, one dribble pull-up. Westbrook, um, funnily enough, still seems the best option in terms of just running downhill and giving it to Adams or shooting himself. There's no yeah. there's no movement, right? There's, no, there's a lot of two-man sets, a lot of pick and roll, and 86 points against the Kings. And, and the, the last thing I'll say on this was the Kings commentators had two amazing lines. Um, the one guy said Paul George looks awful in this game absolutely horrible and then the other guy said Carmelo Anthony has been whining and crying all game just about <laughs> summed it up yeah it's true it's true and like you said 80, 86 points uh, no what is it 88 86 yeah. uh, but it, 86 but it, it is against the Sacramento Kings um, that's not a good basketball team George Hill is washed up Zach Randolph is washed up um, Vince Carter is done and the young guys aren't ready yet. There's no real chemistry yet in the, uh, with that team. That's not a game Oklahoma City should have 
the last, even in the first weeks of the experiment of the big three. Um, and like you said, the best option for that team actually is Westbrook, Stephen Adams. I totally agree with that. If they play the pick and roll, they can be devastating. Westbrook is a good passer and he's trying, right? He's got 17 shot attempts a game now. Last season, he was more than 24. Um, so he's trying to get everybody involved, but it just doesn't work. And I think the main reason is Carmelo Anthony. Like you said, he sucks the life out of everything. And his shot selection, it's still the same Carmelo Anthony we've been seeing the last couple of years with New York. We were all hoping for Olympic Mellow. Let Olympic Mellow come through. Let him be the third option on this Oklahoma City, th city team. But he doesn't understand it. He wants to be the first or second option. And Paul George... He's, he's not been playing really well, according to me. He's playing good defense, though, uh, George. Uh, luckily for that, uh, Melo doesn't play defense at all, but George does. But his shooting, his shot selection, it just doesn't seem and feel right to me. They're still working it out like Miami did, like you said, in uh, 2010. They needed some, what was it, a month? A month and a half to get their real chemistry going, flowing. But I think this team is going to need more time, actually. And I, don't I don't think anyone expects that the Thunder would reach the finals like the Heat did. And Melo, Melo just, it's right, he was whining a lot about foul calls because his shot wasn't going in. And I expect that Paul George will get it going eventually. And I, and I said before the season that I like this team a lot more before they made the Carmelo Anthony addition. Now, their bench is weak. Their bench is very thin. And that's that's been a problem. But it was last season. And I, I haven't seen enough out of Patrick Patterson. They haven't used him as much as I thought they would. His shot doesn't no. look good. Steven Adams, the same. He's he's losing out because of all the shots that the others are taking. And if you look at... I mean, we're going to cross translate this with the Cavs because I think all the overreaction with Cleveland, you have to understand here that maybe there's less problems in Oklahoma because their defense is already good, and that's a very good sign. But if you leave Wade with that subs team in Cleveland, he takes a lot of shots, and it's the same thing in Oklahoma. When you have Carmelo on the floor and Westbrook and George are out, it's dangerous because he doesn't give the ball up. He gets it in the post. He makes sure he shoots. He gets it on the three-point line. He's falling away from the basket. He makes sure he shoots. And, and you've seen all the videos on Instagram in, in, in the summer when he's just scrimmaging. Mm -hmm. And he's playing like that, as if he's scrimmaging. So Yeah, and it slows and it slows everything down too. You've got no ball movement. You've got, you've got no chemistry in the team mm -hmm. in the way they're playing. And that's the problem. You give Carmelo the ball, he's a black hole, like you said. He doesn't give it up anymore. And you see it coming. You see him taking his position um, just inside the three-point line, back to his man, asking the ball. And you know what's coming every time. And that was his problem with New York. You knew what Carmelo Anthony was going to do. If he would pass it out sometimes, he would have that element of surprise, uh, as a matter of, say, uh, of fact. But this this just doesn't work. If Melo keeps playing like that, Oklahoma City isn't going to be worth much, I think, this season. I think they're a regular season team. Eventually, that will kind of be the line. Um, they'll, they sh but, how, but how many wins? How many wins do you think? 50 at most? I was going to say they should get to 50 wins. They need to just... it need, By 30 games, they have to have figured this out. And, and also looks a little bit worrisome for Billy Donovan just not his status as a coach but trying to coach these three players mm -hmm. he's a college guy he's never been in a situation like this before they, they look rattled against the Kings Westbrook and Mello were complaining to teammates to the refs to, to everything everyone um, Cleveland is is kind of we shouldn't really talk about Cleveland ever until April right <laughs> everyone overreacts and 
You think? You think so? I, I don't. I don't think everybody's overreacting. Yes. If you look, if you look, if you look at it, just the, the the one point, the biggest problem, that's the defense, yeah. right? It's been the problem last season, starting in January. Actually, all 2017, the Cavs have had a defensive problem. It started in January. It's still happening right now, even though the team is completely different um, at this moment. But the defensive problems are aren't going to be solved. They just don't have the personnel for that. Everybody's saying, yeah, but Isaiah Thomas is missing. He'll come back. Yes, he'll be coming back. But it's still Isaiah Thomas. He's one meter seventy. Yeah. Um, he's had a really, really heavy hip injury. I still want to see him come back in his old form, and I don't actually believe he will be the same player uh, because of that injury, because of how he plays. But that won't fix the defense. Dwayne Wade doesn't play defense anymore. He just isn't capable of doing that more than seven, eight times a game. Um, now Tristan Thompson is injured. Jay Crowder hasn't played defense in two years. And we can go on and on and on. This team just has a personnel problem and they need to make some moves if they want to be a better defensive team. And that's crucial if they want to succeed and go to a fourth straight finals. Now, they lost five of their first eight games. They had this Halloween party. They spent a lot of time and energy on that. And it could have been, could have been used on defense, like you say. They had five different lineups the first eight games. They are, we know, they're integrating eight new players from last season. Um, a lot of people don't know this is the oldest team in the league. They've got an average age of 30. Um, but if they don't care until April, I don't think we should. Because, Thomas, you're right. Going to add 30 points a game to this team, but he's also not a very good defender. But my issue is Derek Rose, Tristan Thompson, Dwayne Wade, they're not part of a, a championship team at this stage of their career. Thompson's not old, but something else is going on there. Rose is now going to be out again with the ankle issue. J.R. Smith, before the Bucks game... He'd crashed on both ends. He, I think he was affected by Wade's addition, and that included yeah. Tyron Lue, because Tyron Lue did not want to start Dwayne Wade, but he had to because of how team chemistry works in LeBron. I think you've been a bit unfair on Crowder. I, I think he's been unable to establish himself because he was on the bench. He was starting again, and now he's back on the, in the starting five. Kevin Love, the center project, that lasted about two games um, and they've already lost to the Pels, the Magic, the Nets, the Knicks, the Pacers, and the Hawks. Like that, but if they beat the Bucks and they beat the Wizards, I just think this is the Cavs. They turn up when they want. But they weren't good against the Bucks. All right, they beat the Wizards. They be they beat Washington thanks to LeBron's fifty-seven points. LeBron was amazing in that game. So that was the one LeBron James super mm. game. And I'm not fair being too crowded, but I'm taking into into consideration the last two seasons too. And I don't think Jay Crowder was that good at, at Boston. Everybody kept saying it. He kept taking bad three-point shots, too many shots, and he didn't defend really well. We know he he was better than that three years ago. So I think he's the best two-way player that LeBron's had since he came back to Cleveland. Mm, I agree he's not played defensively well, but he it potentially, with LeBron, that's the best fit he's had, I think, on the wing anyway. If you look at Smith and mm -hmm. Shumpert, Smith has had some had some moments. J.R. Smith can be a good defender. Mm. He can be, but he just isn't enough. But I, I, I agree. Um, if you look at his qualities, Crowder shouldn't be the best two-way player LeBron has played with the last two seasons. But he needs to adapt. Um, and do you remember yeah, Smith I, as well in the playoffs last year? He was guarding DeRozan and Paul George, and he was their best defender on the perimeter. Now he... That's why I'm saying it. That's why I'm saying that. And now he's a totally different player. He doesn't care at all. It seems like that, actually, that he doesn't care. Just bouncing around here, um, Lonzo Ball, I've just, I've just <laughs> finished writing an article about him. And uh, he's, he's 
he's simultaneously flirting with triple doubles and putting goose eggs on the scoreboard because he's not he's not scoring a lot. I think nine of his first eleven games he's not gotten to ten. Um, he's shooting below twenty five percent from the three point line. We saw at UCLA, he was gunning 40-odd percent from three. He didn't care where he shot the ball from. And my flat doorbell is ringing. <laughs> Be quiet, please. Um, LeVar balls at it again, though. That's where he wanted to get into you with. Complaining about his minutes and saying that if Lonzo plays the entire fourth quarter, the Lakers will win. Well, two things he's doing there is he's trying to coach when Lou Walton is the coach. And second of all, he's guaranteeing something that is literally not possible for Lonzo Ball to do. I totally agree with that. Lavar needs to shut his mouth. That's j- j- that's easy. He needs to make sure his uh, his middle son uh, doesn't get caught shoplifting <laughs> in uh, China. That should be his first concern right now. Uh, yeah, way to go, Jello. That's <laughs> that's how you get into the news. It won't be happening through basketball. Um, and then yeah, the Lonzo stuff. It doesn't matter if he would have played the whole fo- whole fourth quarter. It seems like Lonzo Ball really can't shoot. He has the the odd mechanics. We've talked about it uh, this summer. But I heard Charles Barkley finally say something smart, that Lonzo Ball can only score a jump shot when he goes left, when he goes over a screen to the left side, because he moves his ball from his right side to his left shoulder, and then he shoots. If he goes to the right, the defender always has the ball. He can never get off his shot. That's problem number one. Um, And the problems are only going to get bigger if the stages if the stage gets bigger if the games get more important and then you got the ball handling i don't believe he can really dribble i don't know about you but if you see him if you see him being pressed up he's got a problem we saw it last year at ucla when he played kentucky against the Aaron fox the two times they played each other um lonzo couldn't handle the pressure and now you see it every game he's afraid to dribble he's afraid to really handle the ball to do a lot with it. Um, that's how it, it, he comes across to me, actually. I have a bigger problem than that in that he... I watched the Memphis game in full and mm-hmm. I watched the Portland game. And in the Memphis game, there was a couple moments where, uh, first of all, talking about how people are defending him, Tyreek Evans had his both of his hands down by his side, literally guarding Lonzo Ball. And Ball looked at the rim once, looked at it twice, and then he shot a brick. There was another time where... <sighs> Uh, Brandon Ingram had the ball at the top and he whips the pass across to Lonzo Ball and Mike Conley and Gasol ran across the court to close him out then they realised it was Lonzo and the closeout didn't come and the same thing happened again Ball took the shot and he missed it That's and everyone's going underneath the screen they're allowing him to shoot there was a moment at the end of that game where the Lakers were up by five two minutes to go they were bleeding clock four seconds into the shot clock they go under a pick and Lonzo should keep dribbling the ball. But because he's so open, he took the shot and he missed again. So those little things, first of all, if he can start knocking it down, he's going to be hard to defend. And I and I'll also say that he is just very good in transition because once he gets going, big men, there's a log jam. They're all stabbing at the ball, running back. And that's where he's good. He's good at, he's good at passing around the rim. He can get to the basket. But my biggest problem with Lonzo Ball has been that he just doesn't look like he cares. He's... He plods around, he jogs. If you watch that Portland game, he's jogging everywhere, defensively attacking. Yeah, he's too passive. Very he's really passive. too passive. And that's what you get if you watch the Aaron Fox. We both watched the, a part of the Kings game against Oklahoma City. And Loved him. the Aaron Fox, he's got a fire within him. You can see it. He wants to play. Um, he's got the motivation to, be, to become a better player. You just see it in the way he moves 
in a way he tries to make his team better and if you watch Lonzo ball play you get you get the completely opposite feeling you get a feeling like yeah he's talented but he doesn't want to be here he doesn't like playing basketball that's how he comes across and um, the shooting is a problem like you said um, you know his percentages right 29.5 field goal percentage yeah and 23% from behind the three-point line 54 from the free throw line 54 that's that that's not good enough all right it's only 11 games it's it's too early to um to really know what we're talking about um it can all change but the first signs aren't really that good and like you said he's a good passer he's a brilliant passer actually but don't you think he passes too quickly he he, he almost always plays hot potato he gets mm. the ball and immediately he wants to lose it again but too quickly Jason Kidd didn't do that as a rookie, and we're all, oh, we my were all comparing gosh. him to Jason Kidd. Yeah, I saw an article on CBS Sports that was showing you how Lonzo's first 10 games were very similar to Jason Kidd's. Can we just like stop with that right there? Because, yes, thank you. Um, he might end up turning into Jason Kidd, but we don't need to actually make that comparison anyway. Why, why don't we do it with Ben Simmons, who's actually having a good season? Why, the reason we're doing it with Lonzo Ball is because of his dad. If his dad, sh- if his, if Lonzo Ball came out in a press conference and publicly said, "I hope my dad, I want my dad to stop talking now," then Lavar would either shut up or if he carried on talking, we'd understand then that it was all about Lavar be- like building his own brand. But at least Lonzo would have said something. The most frustrating thing about Lonzo, the effort is not there, but he also doesn't say anything about his dad. He he needs to just he just to put, there's I think I feel like it's coming to a head here where. If let's say Luke Walton benches Lonzo and he won't because he understands that a rookie has to learn, but if he does, Lavar will react, and that's when the Laker front office will have to come out and say will have to come out and protect their coach, protect the player they've drafted to be the the guy to be for mm-hmm. the next fifteen years. They're going to have to cut this up soon. But I, I but I I understand he doesn't say a thing right now. It's a young it's a young guy. He's nineteen years old. Um, he doesn't want to get involved in all the things he automatically is because it's his father so that that's more than logical but i don't mind that he's not saying anything right now because he hasn't said a thing about his father all these months but if something happens like that yeah then he has to speak up uh, i hope that doesn't happen i hope lavar just finally uh, learns a way to contain himself every, because every parent's th- different this, right th- this just isn't fair to, to lonzo too no but i do th- i would like to know if lonzo's privately asked his dad about it they they must have had a conversation I, I would just like to know that i don't think that would would matter anything i don't think lavar would change because if his son asks anything mm. yeah well it's been an interesting th- thing to watch because the lakers they're, they're they're not bad and they're quite fun to watch if they've got this mixture of craziness they got carl kuzma Caldwell pope is running around lopez has been good ingram looks much improved and, and i think they need ball to just bring it all together, and it'll take. It'll do you, be- take do time. you believe in? Do you believe in Ingram? I think he's a, a good scorer, and that Memphis game, he drove, got a lot of and ones. He looks like he'd take contact better this year. He's looking to score more. Uh, there's obviously always going to be a question about his size, but I, I think the Lakers are big on him because he every time he came up in trade talks, they didn't want to deal him last year. I know. I think they're too big on him, actually. Yeah. I think he's good. He can be an all-star, but he, he's not the real deal. He's not the big superstar to be like Ben Simmons is, for example. Well, because we've yeah. seen that Ben Simmons, he is the real deal. Yeah, to- yeah. that's that's that segue there, because I, it's a good job Lakers didn't pick Markel Fultz. Um, that, <laughs> this whole situation, right? So 
you've had Nerlens Noel, you've had Embiid, you've had Jalil Okafor, Simmons, and now Fultz. Now, the the kind of his you mentioned Charles Barkley. I don't know if you've ever seen Barkley swing a golf club. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen man, that. <laughs> go YouTube that stuff. Fultz's shot when he started um, tweaking his free throw looked a little bit like that, and he's never actually been. If you look at the numbers, he's never been a good free throw shooter. Sixty four percent in college, but mm-hmm. here's the madness. Brett Brown says Fultz has changed his form to improve his shot. Then Fultz says it was a shoulder injury that instigated the change. In the opening four games, he was passing up open threes, and then his agent Raymond Brothers comes out and says. He's had fluid drain from his shoulder and he literally can't raise his arms. And then the agent has a U-turn and says it was actually a cortisone shot, not fluid. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. And Brian Colangelo <laughs> and the Sixers, they, they need to be clearer because their fan base deserves it. Like every time there's an injury to a rookie, we hear one thing, the player says another thing, then we find out they're out for the rest of the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see faults all year. But I think it's it's really strange um, that they handled it the way they did because look at what they did with Joel Embiid and with Ben Simmons. They had an injury and they just immediately immediately shut them down. They won't be playing this season. Joel Embiid, he didn't play his first two seasons. And then Markel Fultz has the shoulder injury, but they keep on playing him. So that tells to me that the organization and the management didn't know all the details about the injury, that it was... Yeah, they didn't know what was was really happening, what was going on. Otherwise, they would have shut him down too, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, well, the fact they put him out there to look that bad, and now he's shooting left-handed in practice, and and yeah, that's and, that's ridiculous. It, maybe he's doing that to save his shoulder, but to, to, in this day and age where you have reporters tweeting that from the practice saying Markel Fultz is shooting left-handed, this is horrible. This is a, this is a number one pick. I think it's a mental problem, actually. I think he can't handle the stress. That's my first analysis. It may be totally wrong, but that's how it comes across. Um, number one pick, a lot of expectations. And then he comes out. He realizes that his shot isn't what it needs to be. He changes it and he realizes that it's even worse. And then it all messes up in his head. That's what I think. I don't think they need him right now anyway. No, they don't, but he's an important part of their future. Yeah. So they're going to need him. They, they, traded, they traded up for yeah. him. They traded up to get Markel Fultz. Um, and if you would redraft the, the past draft again, he wouldn't be in the top five. He wouldn't be in the top ten. The number one pick would be Jason Tatum, by well, far. A lot, of the, a lot of Philly fans now are saying, look what well, we lost in Fox. We could have had Monk. There's a lot of players that, behind Fultz that are doing well. And you mentioned Fox. Man, he looked... He was great to watch against the Thunder. Look, really, he looked out of control, but in control the entire game. I love his passion, love his fire on the court. You, you see, he loves to play. Just, you see the joy every time he touches the ball. He can run the break. Uh, I think he's a, he's a he's gonna be a, an absolutely phenomenal player. Um, so, what do you make of the Eric Bledsoe trade to Milwaukee? Good question. I think it's a good deal for Milwaukee. They wanted to get rid of Greg Monroe for the past two, three seasons. So they finally did. <laughs> they got rid of him. Um, I think Milwaukee wins this trade um, because yeah, Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia, what I'm saying, uh, Phoenix, they uh, devaluated uh, their asset in, um, in Eric Bledsoe. The management, they really handled that in a bad way. How they, how they did it all, how they spoke about him publicly. You can't do that. If you want to get something in return for an asset, for a player, for something in general, in the business world, 
don't talk bad about it like the management of Phoenix did with Eric Bledsoe. Okay, the tweet wasn't that smart. Of course, he wasn't at a hair salon. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to doubt that because <laughs> if it was a lie, if, if that was a lie, it would be the, the worst lie ever, right? It's definitely a lie. It, <laughs> but it's, know, it's such a bad lie, it has there, to be true. There, there has to be a, a hair emoji that he could have used to, to suggest <laughs> that he was actually there. And he said he was with his girls as well. He, he seemed far too aggressive to be with the girls at the hair salon. Um, I got a trade scenario for you, right? So here we go. Okay. Isaiah Thomas, Goran Dragic, and Eric Bledsoe for a bag of chips. Would you would you take that deal? That's that's, immediately, basi- that's immediately. basically what the I cannot. If you look at the talent they've given up at point guard, yeah. uh, and it clearly the, the Suns are in the same position as they were before because Bledsoe wasn't even playing. Um, and they and to be fair, Milwaukee definitely won because they got Bledsoe for a player that they weren't even going to re-sign next summer. Um, Bledsoe wins because he's out of Phoenix, and he's going to have to get used to playing a lot more off the ball because, as we know, Yanis is, is 70 80% of the time on the ball. He'll have to learn to spot-up shoot because he's going to get a lot of passes from Yanis. And for the first time, Atentacumpo actually has like a top 15 point guard, so he'll be, he'll be happy. And, and the, the way he looked against the Cavs, it was the first time I really watched him properly this season. My God. Like that was a mastery in length, athleticism. He's barely even scratched the surface. He can't even shoot yet. That's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, that's the main thing. He can't shoot. So everybody's just sagging down. They're giving, they're giving him one meter, two meters. He doesn't care. He just gets in the paint, uses his stretch arms like go-go gadgets, and he gets to the hoop. It doesn't matter, matter where he starts. He always gets to the hoop, and nobody can stop him. Big it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You just can't stop the man. And people saying Bledsoe, you know, not the greatest shooter, not the greatest defender, but he will give you a decent defensive display. He'll steal the ball. And he doesn't need to be the primary ball handler here. Like, he's happy to be in a playoff scenario. And the Bucks, to be fair, they've lost four straight. They're second last, I think, in defensive rating. They, they've they've mm-hmm. had, before this trade, they've had Brogdon... And Deliver freaking Dover starting at point guard. I mean, you you definitely need to upgrade there. I think it's going to be good for the defense too because Bledsoe is actually quite a good defender, mm-hmm. uh, especially when he's motivated. He's got quick feet, quick hands. Um, he's a really athletic guy, so that's going to be a good match for that team. Uh, I have to see it in the offense. Um, we're also still waiting for Jabari Parker to return after his second ACL injury on the, in, on the same knee. Um, but imagine that if that works. Jabari Parker, Yanis Antetokounmpo, and Eric Bledsoe. That's a nice three-way in the East, right? Nice team. And two ACL tears. It's going to be interesting what they do with that contract as well. He, yeah. He's going to want the max as a high draft pick. Um, you, you can't give it to him yet. No. You can't give him the max. Someone might. Um, Kristaps Porzingis looks pretty happy in New York. And we, we, we were talking about <laughs> Mello and how it's the same thing in Oklahoma. Well... It seems as if the Knicks were a year late, really, in terms of being able to get rid of Melo and tank a little bit more and build around KP. But Porzingis looks good. He's getting to his spots. He's built strength in Latvia. I said this a few weeks ago. He wasn't like he wasn't just ignoring Phil Jackson in the summer. He was actually doing these five-hour strength workouts, and he just looks solid. Shooting. Yeah, he, he loves. He loves. He's the really team, good. Right? He's really good. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk always about which young guy you would start your team with. And every GM uh, chose Carl Anthony Towns for the second year in a row. Oh, he got the, the majority of the votes. 
Um, some people say Yanis Antetokounmpo, you Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I would always pick Christoph Porzingis. Always. Seven foot three guy with a jump shot and moves inside. And he's not a bad defender, actually. Actually, he's quite good in defense, uh, especially with his frame, because he's been getting bigger and bigger, but not big enough for the NBA yet to really uh, be a man inside in the paint. But he's quite good, especially with his length. What ha- does he have? A 7 8 wingspan? Probably more. 7 9 yeah. wingspan? It's, it's unbelievable. And he's got a great stroke from the outside, too. The only thing is he's got to pick up some more rebounds, but that'll come with a that'll come in time. And he's got the elbow injury right now, but Kristaps has just been playing amazing basketball. He's got a high basketball IQ, knows to take when to take his shots, um, and I think he's a real great teammate. Actually, I think he's a great leader for for a basketball. I think team. he feels empowered, right? And he's able. He's more comfortable in leading without Melo there. And as much as we take, as much as we make fun of the Knicks when they're bad <laughs> the, the league is just better when they're good and they're not good I know they're not good they've not got a great team but they're winning at the moment and but that's the problem they're a... too good for, they're playing too good for their qualities they need to be one of the three worst teams this year and that's not going to happen I would rather see Atlanta... them get, make the playoffs in the east no I, they need to get a, a high pick if they really want to be good again and I want New York to be good I'm not a Knicks fan but I just want the Knicks to be good again we need it it's been too long. It's been almost 20 years since they've been really good. That one season, we're, we're going to forget that or, or ignore that. But, but Kyrie Irving could have gone there, right? Good. Kyrie Irving could, if yeah. you imagine Kyrie Irving with Chris Tapps, this Chris Tapps, oh. or LeBron could go there. That New York has to be a player in that respect too. And if, if KP plays like this, make Mike, Mike... I mean, look at where we were. It's crazy. If you look at where we were a few months ago, he skipped his exit interview meeting Jackson and President Steve Mills were looking at trade possibilities. Yes, they're stupid. This fractured the relationship with him, and he was completely he was alienated by the whole franchise, right? <laughs> and now he's he's their best player. And and guess what? Next summer, he's eligible for that rookie extension. And and Mills believes that he'll sign it. And then I think Porzingis plays out the last two years of his deal, and he's an unrestricted free agent because if, if the Knicks don't improve quickly he's going to want to get out because it's going to be a, a long career of losing. Yep, his brother already said so. His brother said it's not going to resign just because it's New York. Mm. Uh, the team has to be good. I like Frank Nilikina. I really ro- like the rookie. Um, he's going to be a great defensive player. And if he develops him. a jump shot, ooh, that can be a really good one too. Punch. I'd rather have Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, me too, of course. Ten, ten, winners of yeah. 10 straight, by the way. What do you make? Because... When Hayward went down, it was it was actually a bummer for the whole league. Five minutes into the season, and if you if you look at this team now, I just really hope we. I wish we could have seen Hayward with this team because they and the way Cleveland are playing it would have been a really competitive conference. No, oh, I, th- I think Boston would have been the f- would be yeah the favorite right now in the East if uh, Gordon Hayward uh, was. Uh, healthy but i think they still hope he's coming back this season they've been posting these videos online he's of him shooting in he's a chair. admitted it. he's oh. he's already he's already said he's finished on his facebook yeah i don't believe no it. come on uh, well he's gonna whip they're gonna wheel out the wheelchair yeah you, you never know man it's the nba you never know I, I still think they have some hope in boston i wouldn't do it if i was a celtics but i still think they have some hope there that he can be ready in, in june april may beginning of the playoffs and then try to incorporate him in the team don't know if that would happen because yeah the Celtics are playing great basketball and Kyrie Irving is a 
perfect, perfect, perfect fit. Um, I don't think we're giving it, we're giving him enough credit for the way he's been playing and the way he's been making these Celtics better. More, yeah, more than just the fit, because all summer, right? When he made the re- made the request, we suddenly had this perception or this idea that Kyrie was a selfish player. He couldn't couldn't improve players around him. He wasn't a good passer. When if you know, we assumed that because he wanted to leave, and now he's in Boston and he's made great decisions. He a lot of times he's got open shots and he'll find the next man. He's an amazing dribbler, but he's really improved Brown, Tatum, Al Horford, the relationship with him. The se- he's improved as a basketball player. I really believe that the mm-hmm. first few months of this season. And, and I think he's showing that. And he's actually sh- playing with a bit of an edge because of what's happening in Cleveland and everything. that ha- He just wanted to move on. Fair enough. Yeah, I think... What's obvious that he, is that he's trying to be the best basketball version uh, of himself he can be. Mm. He's always trying to make the best basketball play, just like Kevin Durant actually has been doing with Golden State since he joined them last season. Um, he, he, can, he could have been scoring 40 points a game if he wanted to. Um, he could have been taking all the Isaiah Thomas shots like IT did last season. It was great what Thomas did, but he took a lot of bad shots. And Curry just doesn't do that. He doesn't want to be the next Kobe. He doesn't want to take all the shots. He wants to be the leader. He wants to be a point guard, actually. And that's what we're seeing right now. Um, he just wanted to be coached up and reach that next level. And well, he's taken a few, he's not, not, maybe not shots, but he's actually come out and said how Stevens has helped him and, and coached yeah. him up. And he's, been a, he's a better player. And, and to be fair, I mean, you hear LeBron all the time mentioning Blatt, Lou, whoever it might be, Mike Brown. Well, maybe Kyrie didn't have a good coach in Cleveland either. Maybe he's got the person he wanted to play for now. That's what he said, actually. He took a little dick at, the, <laughs> at Tyrone Lue that he finally he's, uh, has a coach who is challenging him uh, intellectually. Was it that, uh, what he said? Uh, <laughs> when, you've got LeBron, yeah, true, right? yeah, when you've got LeBron, everything changes. It's a completely different scenario because you're not being coached by the coach and James is going to dictate it. And, uh, and he, didn't have, he didn't have that ability... To make he's watched the best. He is trying to become what LeBron really is and has been in Cleveland. Kyrie's been able to see James do exactly what Kyrie is now trying to do in Boston. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I, I don't get why people didn't believe that Kyrie Irving had that in him. He's still only twenty-five. <laughs> we we often forget that he's a young guy, uh, actually. And you can see, like you said, he's learned from from LeBron. You can see it in his passing, actually, the cross passes he's been mm. making. We didn't see that from Kyrie the last seasons, actually, ever in his career. Now he's making the really hard cross passes. Um, he's got a higher basketball IQ than a lot of people thought. And you see the Cleveland are missing his scoring. Absolutely. Um, last, last one on, the, on this pod. Uh, the, there's been, it's been a funny NBA season because bad teams from last year and the middling teams have really improved a little. And I just wonder, from your, from your end, who you've... Who you think is for real? If I gave you Orlando, Indiana, or Detroit, who would you say is going to keep Ooh. this going? That's a tough one. We can one. throw in a few West teams uh, as well. Uh, now, first East. First East. I think Orlando, actually, because a couple of reasons. I think Frank Vogel is a good coach. I think he really is a good head coach. He proved it already in Indiana. And we, he finally found a way to use Aaron Gordon to really make Aaron Gordon a good basketball player and to make him maximize his potential. He's coming along. He's got a three-point shot right now. And if you look at the roster, they've got some potential. Uh, Detroit, I just don't believe in Andre Drummond. And even though he, his free throws are better, 
Um, better. He, he shot uh, zero for seven the last two games, but <laughs> they're better than uh, the last couple of seasons. I don't believe in the combination Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond as your one-two punch. Love Avery Bradley, Stan Van Gundy, still Stan uh, Van Gundy, good coach, but I would, uh, would choose Orlando. Still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but if I have to choose, that would be Orlando. What do you think? I like Detroit because on the Magic, first of all, they were, I think a week ago, they were second in offensive rating. They were right behind the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They were shooting like the Warriors. They, Vogel's formula was transition, shoot threes, but the problem with that, and they were good, they were high in pace, they were top in percentage of three, but the problem with that is it's going to slow down. Aaron Gordon is finally a power forward, but he's not going to shoot 60% <laughs> from three for the rest of the season. They've got this issue now where Alfred Payton will come back and Augustine should remain the starter, absolutely, because of mm-hmm. what's happened there. John Hammond's done great so far. Simmons has been a good addition. Isaac looks good. They drafted him at six, but... For that reason alone, the three-point the three tear, I would have to say Detroit because 37 wins last season, right? That was disappointing. They had all that internal grumbling, but I think they've tightened it up that this season. They've, and it feels like we're in like the 10th year of the Van Gundy era right now. Um, <laughs> but Reggie Jackson looks healthy. Drummond's, I know, yeah, the, three, the, free throw, the, the whole free-throw news topic has just been way overdone but he's putting the ball on the floor he actually looks pretty confident and I think Avery Bradley was one of the more undervalued additions this summer because he's added that efficiency with his shot perimeter defense and then Tobias Harris is, is playing really well so I would I would say the Pistons and with the Eastern Conference you know any, anything's possible um, yeah the West is what we the Memphis have surprised me first of all yeah I, I did not see that coming Mark Gasol what an amazing player he is every year Memphis um, do it they just yeah, find a way he's, he's 32 years old and he still keeps getting better every year Margazol I think if, if he gets injured Memphis is totally gone uh, but the Conley Gasol combo a lot of respect for those two if you look at the rest, rest of the starting lineup who do they got uh, Jarrell Martin is in there Jermichael Green is still injured, so he doesn't play. They got Andrew Harrison, and I'm thinking who the fifth guy well, is. They're, and they're they... finishing games sometimes with Chalmers, Tyreek Evans, and, and James <laughs> Ennis. That I mean, that that they're, they're starting games with two fringe NBA players. They're finishing games like that. Just shows you how good Gasol is, and he's he's an incredible passer now. If you watch the Grizzlies play, it's just him in the middle and four players outside, and he'll kind of go to work. It's a little bit like Joachim Noah did a couple of years ago with Chicago. He had one season that he was in the MVP conversation. Um, he was uh, in a f- f- All-NBA first team, I think. And he played the same way. But the difference is, Marc Gasol has a jump shot. Mm. He even has a, a three-point shot. Noah didn't have that. Marc Gasol is such a better player than Noah ever was. And you see that in the Memphis play, too. This isn't a team that should be 7-4 and four right now. But they are. Yeah, Fisdale turned made Gasol a three-point shooter last year, and now he's he's made him almost a a, a creator from the middle. Um, the West is looks so different because Spur the Spurs are still waiting for Kawhi to come back. That that's been a non-story so far when it should be a bigger one. Uh, the Pe- yeah Pelicans are six and five. Denver have picked it up because Denver had a horrible start and they're winning again. Uh, the Clippers looked like they were better without Chris Paul, and now they've kind of evened out again. The Jazz, the Lakers, the Thunder have got to come back up. They're four and six, so it's a it's a pretty good pretty good standard there. But there's a lot of teams that are improving. Um, I'm still not sold on the Pelicans. I, I really are. I'm just 
No, me neither. I, I don't believe in New Orleans. I don't believe in New Orleans at all. I think they're going to fall off the cl cliff. They're six and five, so they're not that good. But I don't believe they're going to stay at a 50%. They're going to be under 500, and they're going to make some moves uh, before the trade deadline. I don't believe the Pelicans can make the playoffs this season in this Western Conference. But yet, there's so much that's happening in the West. So much, so many teams that are playing good one moment, and the next game, they don't seem to be able to get to the basket or make a basket at all. Um, look at the Clippers. They started 4-0, and and now they're 5-5. Five and five. Okay, yeah. Milos Teodosic is out, but he only played one game. Uh, so that is that, that doesn't really matter. I think um, we're in that kind of two, three-week fatigue now where we know well, Golden State lost two of their first three or four, but now we kind of feel that they're starting to play better than everyone else, as we expected. Minnesota? What about <laughs> Minnesota? What do you think of them early on? They're pretty... They've 7-4. and four. Yeah, and they should be grateful to one man, Jimmy Butler. He's the, he's the main reason their chemistry is okay, because... He doesn't mind taking the shots. Um, actually, Carmelo Anthony should take a lesson from what Jimmy Butler is doing. He comes to a new team and he looks around. What does this team need me to do? They need me to play defense. They need me to be a team guy. And I'll take my shots when I have the opportunity, not just when I want to. He's playing great. And you see, you, you've, you've seen it. He missed two games and they lost them both without Butler. He came back and it's a totally different team. He gives them an action. He gives them some physicality, um, a more defensive mindset, and more yeah, more team game. Uh, team game. I think he's, he's great for that and team. And he said, didn't he, that with everything that happened with Chicago, with Fred Hoiberg, with the, the front office, they never sold him as the number one guy, even though we all knew he was the franchise player. And I think he, he's <laughs> learned that, though. He's gone to Minnesota, and he's tired of being you know, the franchise guy, the face of the franchise. He knows it doesn't last. He knows things are short-term. Mm -hmm. So he's gone there. He's, he now gets on with Tibbs. He knows there's talent around him. And if they're going to achieve anything, he has to play exactly how you've explained it. So fair play to him. He just wants to win. So um, Who, that's yeah. what he said too. And I think and I think he's fine with it. And it's Tibbs. That's, a, that's an important issue too. They've got that, that connection. They trust each other. Um, and I think that's important for a guy like Jimmy Butler. Don't know him personally, but if you read his stories, if you hear him talk... Um, I can understand the match, and I understand that this works better than it did with uh, Fred Hoiberg. You should know him personally. Everyone's got his phone number now, haven't they? My, <laughs> my, my, my colleague at work, he got the number, and he, he called him one lunchtime, and nothing happened. It rang out. It was very disappointing. <laughs> that, that's, that's sad. That's sad. Always pick up the phone, Jimmy. I know. Um, I, I've, got, I've got one thing to talk about with mm. you. One thing. What do you think about the flagrants and technical fouls that are being called? <laughs> Uh, you've got the flagrant two for Mello, the flagrant one for Westbrook, and the technical fall uh, on Stephen Curry. Um, who was it against? Uh, against, pff, I don't remember. It was Monday evening they played. Um, the Westbrook one, the, first, okay, the Mello one was, was, was bizarre. Because yeah. both of them were. Because Westbrook, I think he was chippy all game and against the Kings, if that's the one you're talking about. And yeah. The refs, the refs didn't like what Mello kept saying all game. They were getting tired out by Westbrook's ranting. It was, I think, it all went back to the first half when he had a little moment um, with one of the bigs, and he 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 accused. Remind me the name. One of the Kings' big men. Uh, was it Carly Stein? No, the uh, foreigner. Ah, Costa Kufos. Kufos. Yeah, yeah, I saw and that he, too. And he Westbrook thought he was elbowed, so he was complaining. And then we go to the actual the actual flagrant. He just pulled up for a shot and fell over, and 
that was it. There was no... He didn't do anything. I, I couldn't believe it. I don't know why it's happening. Yeah, and Stephen Curry, he got the technical foul for... Yeah, he was going for a layup and his off-ball hands... Yeah. Yeah, just made a little move, but it, it wasn't on purpose. You could see that. You could, it was just follow through. That's a natural movement. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why you give a technical fall for that. And the Mello thing, it looks strange, but if you look at Carmelo Anthony's moves to the basket, he's been doing that way before. This isn't the first time he's made, made that kind of move. Well, the... The so Curry, I don't think it was a flagrant suit. If you go like Draymond Green, the, the groin shot in the finals, that, that wasn't a natural progression from what he was doing. That's a flagrant suit. Whereas two. Curry, you can't... It's like trying to try and lay up the ball with your other hand down by your side. It's that kind of thing where it's just a natural movement. And I, I don't really understand why the officials are, are being so tight with it and so cautious with everything at the moment. Yeah, me neither. I think it's really, really weird. And the flagrant too. That was the first time, the mellow thing. The first time I saw a guy get to the basket, get a three-point play, and then immediately immediately after that, get ejected. Mm. First time I've ever seen that. And I still don't know if they should have given him a, a, a flagrant too. I don't believe so, actually. Uh, a right elbow was there, but was it that bad? No, not according to me. No, well, Curry, I think the mouthpiece thing, uh, all these things follow up. They all come back, and I, and that that might have something to do with it. But hey, uh, it's been a busy season so far, and there's what Rockets Cavs tonight. That's going to be a good game. So roll on. Let me let me see what's going on this night, uh, Thursday. Cavs Rockets. Yeah, Rockets yeah. Cavs. Okay, see Denver Lakers Wizards. That's going to be a fun one. And Sixers Kings. Sixers hmm. Kings. Wow. Don't don't <laughs> lose sleep on that one. <laughs> <laughs> league pass <laughs> yeah league, league pass the next morning um, well thanks for coming on Dennis and let's talk again soon anytime my man anytime thank you to Dennis for coming on to the show today and thank you for listening once again you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Max underscore Whittle and you can subscribe download rate review whatever you've got to do the podcast on iTunes we're also on blogtalkradio.com I will speak to you very soon Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.